When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce. Joyce, we have so much to talk about. Tom Brady retired today. Again. Can't wait. Again. Exactly and, one year. And uh, what else is the big news this week? Oh, Beyonce's going on tour, I saw. Great. Are you, are you going to get tickets? Is Ticketmaster going to crash? Is Probably. Real no, Joyce, we're not here to talk about all those big major things. Plus, Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos as a coach. That was a big thing. All of these stories kind of broke. At the same time, the Academy quietly. Uh, quietly. Kind of quietly said, Andrew Reiser is going to keep her Oscar nomination for, for two legs. Shocking. I am so shocked that they did not rescind the nomination. So that was the big big news of the week that we'll obviously be talking about here but I it's so I, I was thinking I was like it's so boring to be like we knew that they weren't going to do this but, but we, we knew did. they weren't going to do this. we knew like this there was... was no there was no way uh they were ever going to rescind the nomination so Joyce yesterday uh, all week it's been building obviously since she was a surprise nominee I can't believe this is only last week that the Oscar nominations came out it's been 17 years and um somehow we're also in February already Feels like a long time ago, but uh, she was nominated at the Oscars. Everyone was shocked at the grassroots that I've seen in scare quotes in every article, the grassroots campaign uh, scare quote had worked and that Andrew Riseborough is a surprise Oscar nominee and best actress. And since then, there's been nothing but uh, reporting that maybe it was over the line campaigning and then the Academy it was, not, was- It was not, no. And then no. the Academy was- we, we talked about this when the campaign was happening two weeks yes. ago. They broke no rules. <laughs> So and then the Academy was kind of forced to issue a statement after a Mappaloni piece, basically, that was like, we're going to investigate to see what happened. And then yesterday, uh, they were going to meet it on Tuesday, we're recording this Wednesday, at the Board of Governors. And shocking, uh, like we said, they said nothing bad uh, or nothing was going to change. Uh, they released a statement to the press choice and then one to the Academy members. I'll, I'll read this, the one to the press first. It said, based on concerns that surfaced last week the around the two Leslie Awards campaign the Academy began a review into the film's campaigning tactics. The Academy has determined the activity in question does not rise to the level that the film's nomination should be rescinded. However, we did discover social media and outreach campaigning tactics that caused concern. Those tactics are being addressed with the responsible parties directly. And then they go into another bunch of load of junk about like the rules. The the, the reason we have campaign rules is to ensure a fair and Yeah, but um, my, process. so in the second graph that you did not read, my, my favorite- uh, phrase in that is like they're gonna review 
yes. the, the components and the regulations that must be clarified to help create a better framework for a respectful, inclusive, and mm-hmm. unbiased campaigning. Unbiased campaigning. Oxymoron? Doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's definitely a lot of words, though. A lot of a lot of a lot of uh, major word salad in here. Um, and then in the first graph that you did read, um, the most telling part is just the first sentence, based on concerns that surfaced last week. Last week, aka after she got the damn nomination, because no one cared when the campaign was actually going on two weeks ago, like everyone was talking about it, but no one thought it would actually work. So if you were genuinely concerned about this campaign, you would have brought this up while it was happening or even in the week between vote and closing and the nominations being announced, because vote and close the 17th, nominations were announced the 24th. But no one thought it would work. So they only cared after she got the nomination. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's also unclear who cared. Uh, it, it, all the Mapaloni stuff was like not, there has not been a form. It doesn't seem like there were a lot of formal complaints about it. Well, yes. And then uh, yesterday after this happened, um, Kyle Buchanan, he he tweeted the statement as well, obviously, as everyone did. Yes. And then he also tweeted, quote, I wonder how much of this was actual Academy members complaining and how much of it was outraged rival strategists working the phones because I got my fair share of calls, ellipsis. So uh, in the statement of the Academy, the, the Bill Kramer, president of the Academy, uh, or is he CEO? I guess he's CEO of the Academy, Joyce, uh, released. He didn't mention to Leslie by name, but he said, dear Academy members, as I'm sure many of you have read, there have been some concerns over recent campaigning. Through our review, we discovered social media outreach tactics that caused concern. We are addressing these concerns directly with the responsible parties. The purpose of the Academy's campaign regulations is to ensure fair and ethical awards process. These are the core values of the Academy. It is apparent that components of these regulations must be clarified to help create a better framework for respectful, inclusive, and unbiased campaigning. There's that phrase again. Uh, The Academy continually assesses and involves our policy rules and procedures, and these changes will be made after the award cycle and shared with our membership. Uh, so funny thing about this, a lot of the stories you might have read, uh, if you're watching this, were like, as we talked about, Frances Fisher was a, a chief cheerleader for this. But Frances Fisher, while she mentioned other candidates, which is a no-no according to the specific rules, she could do that because she's no different than basically you and I, Joyce. She's an Academy exactly. member. Yeah, she's but- an Academy member, but she's not on the Momentum Pictures payroll. Right. So she didn't really break any rules. So I see people being like, well, obviously she's going to get dinged when they're like, we're going to out, we're going to address these concerns directly with the responsible parties. It's like, they might be like, hey, Francis, you shouldn't have tweeted that, but what are they going to say? They really can't, unless they're like- It's her personal Instagram page, her personal Twitter page. She can say whatever she wants, just like you and me. Um, Was it, like we talked about this, when it was happening, it was probably not wise of her to say that uh, the locks were Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh, Viola Davis, and then she later added Danielle Detweiler. And here's the thing, like we use, we all use the phrase locks all the time, but no one is a lock because the votes haven't been counted yet. We just mean these people uh, are the, probably the least likely to be snubbed. And in this case, it was only Kate and Michelle Yeoh, really. Like we literally said this, it's like, she probably should not have mentioned Viola or Danielle, but she did. So that was her mistake. And that was just for I say, because then like Film Twitter was already mad before nominations that she did that. Right. 
Um, and then obviously Viola and Danielle did not get nominated. Andrea did. And the other thing that she tweeted was like, you know, everyone uh, put Andrea in number one because uh, she just needs like 218 votes and blah, blah, blah. And these other people are locked. So she was telling people how to vote strategically. First of all, like, why are we acting like everything she says is gospel? Like, she's just a member. She's saying something that, you know, pundits say all the time, like so-and-so are locked. We would not say Danielle or Viola are locked. But like, why would you read that, even if you're a member, and just take her word for it and believe it? <laughs> like, it seems it seems like a lot. I think like why are why are people assuming that Academy voters just read that and was like, oh shit, man, like I gotta vote for Andrew because Francis Fisher said so. I I also think a lot of people, even who pay attention to this, don't I think she my impression was a lot of people, even who pay attention to this, don't actually realize how it works. Uh not to like, be too I too think bad like some faith. how like the works and the voting works, but yeah, like, but like a lot of them have been members for years. I'm sure they heard over the years, like how you should put your favorite up top, you know, right. especially uh, the best picture now. So, so yeah, I don't think I, so I'll be curious to see, I think I, the way I read this statement and, and you might agree is that it was basically kind of being like, please stop yelling about this. Nothing is going to change. And we'll, we'll address it later, which to me is going to be maybe like, Hey, maybe think before you tweet, kind of thing. But I don't think they're going to yeah, say like she rules. she should have not have said anyone were locks. But she's right. free to say that because she does not work for the studio. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, and the other thing is, like, I think a lot, like, a lot of it was it was definitely became like a butter emails type thing around Mary McCormick Joyce, who is uh, the mm -hmm. the the spouse of the director of Two Leslie, which I actually watched. We could talk about this too. I yeah, I watched, watched it last week. You watched it this week. I watched it this weekend. Uh, and she was very aggressively emailing. But again, uh, who cares? She's also not me? a member. Who cares what she's doing? Like, I didn't really she's understand. Not a member. I saw... She doesn't work for the studio either. <laughs> I saw somebody meaning like, oh, uh, a lot of, or one of the reporting, a lot of reporting on it that I was like, just a little dicey, not to be like a media critic, Joyce. But uh, I found a lot of the, the media stories to be a little little undercooked but it was one about her emails and it was like well she's having a party but they're not showing the movie and that's technically not allowed if it's part of the campaign and i'm like yeah all that's true but again she's not really part of the can i mean she's married to the campaign but she's really not part of the campaign it seemed and like if she wants to invite people over to her house i guess how are you going to regulate that without showing the movie uh, I, I just found the whole thing like it's like very uh, well, a lot it's of also splitting like, If you're annoyed by this, I don't know if if you've been following the Oscars and all this stuff for decades, which is like the only people who care about this are just awards nuts and film Twitter, right? Like my regular friends don't care about this. They might have seen like Andrea's name in the news, right? But like they don't care. Like this is this is not like that big of a deal in the real world. No. But if you've been following the Oscars this whole time, like. You're just naive as hell if you think no one has ever done this before in the history of Oscars campaigning. Like fucking Mary Pickford invited Oscar voters to her house. It, it just seems a little. Yeah. Is that, that was at the second Academy Awards and she won. It does seem. It <laughs> like just campaigning seems, yeah. tactics have been like this forever. And like, like, I don't know, like, are people just discovering that um, voters are just vouching for their friends and things can get ugly and dicey like no one cared when Harvey Weinstein was bullying people and running rampant for decades mm -hmm. no one did a thing 
And now it's like, we got a surprise nomination for Andrea Riseborough because Mary McCormick and Francis Fisher got people to tweet about it and yeah. she got it. <laughs> uh, I saw also uh, another story was comparing it to the Alone Not Alone uh, rescinded nomination. Not the same thing at all. Not the same thing at all. That guy broke, literally broke a rule, which was the, I forget his name. It was Bruce something, right? Bruce was... Broughton. Um, and then he, because it was, it's supposed to be anonymous, like the music branch. Correct. That, even though it's not anonymous because no. you, you can just Google and you know. Yes. But it technically, the idea is it's anonymous. And then he, that he emailed specific people, I think like a third of the branch. Yeah, because he was like, also like the head of the branch. Too, like right. Yeah. Seeing like, please listen to my song. That was a bre breach of the rules, even though everyone knows who writes these songs. It's not a secret, but it is technically a secret, right? Like there are nuances in the rules that are maybe like, silly or not really but to compare like what andrea reesborough's campaign did to that is disingenuous i feel like so there was a lot of that seemingly in this whole it's very disingenuous and the other thing is like the oscars and the whole awards industrial complex is not a meritocracy no like, we know this i think i think most people notice and if you don't i think you subconsciously know it too it's like and like, yes, they have these like vague rules and people quote unquote obey the rules, but it's really just to uphold their system, which favors big studios with money, deep pockets, and they could just shill their contenders. They could, you know, just throw parties, endless parties, throw screenings. They have like their, the one of the rules is like, they can have screenings with like drinks and food, but not excessively. Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Right. Like I like it, how many how many screenings and Q and A's and parties that Kristen Stewart do last year for Stewart. Like not not dunking on her at all. She could no. do whatever she wants. Like they, she she quote unquote play by the rules. No one had a problem with it. She was campaigning, but it, you're just upholding that system and the system disadvantages independent film and independent filmmakers who like the two Leslie team. They don't have money like that. Like we've said this. Like the whole reason they did this is because they had no money. Right. So they had to take an unorthodox approach and they did it and like and yes like I understand it it felt like it came out of nowhere because it, it felt like no pun intended she had like no momentum in the fall right certainly not so no. it felt weird and like yeah they like you know celebrities were just like tweeting the same copy that like Mary McCormick was sending them like, whatever who cares <laughs> it's like like here's the thing like they people can tweet and write whatever they want on the internet like you still don't know how they're going to vote. Like no one's being forced to vote for her. They still have to make that decision themselves. And I know the stereotype is that like act actors are dumb, right? Mm -hmm. But like, are you telling me that Frances Fisher went to everyone's house and put a, held them at gunpoint and was like, you have to put her at number one. Right. <laughs> it is possible that they did just vote for it because they liked it. I will say two things about this. The, we've. The, I feel like the the rules of what you're allowed to say on campaigning definitely has hit a fever pitch because they're also, also we never talked about it, but I believe this is another Matt Baloney special about Janet Yang, who's the Academy president, right? Or she, what is she now? She tweeted about Michelle Yeoh and then people were like mad about that. And I think she ended up, or was it Instagram? Whatever it was, she deleted the tweet. It was like, I'm so heartened that uh, Michelle Yeoh will be a contender here for awards recognition, which is like, oh, maybe like pushing your finger on the scale as a member of uh, the Academy. But also, we knew she was getting nominated, so who cares? I, I don't know. And then I found one last yeah. night. I was sending you Whoopi Goldberg doing press. Whoopi Goldberg, a great uh, producer of Till Joyce, and she hosts a show. She's so also in Till. 
And she's also Intel and she's also on the board of governors, I believe. Right. And a former Oscar winner. So she's got like a lot of connections Academy and she gave an interview to some, a, a UK publication. I can't vouch for its, uh, uh you know standards or whatever but she wrote uh she said i would love to get a nomination for our movie that would make me happy but danielle i mean the woman king was good there's a lot of good stuff out there but nobody can touch this girl now technically that is saying something about a rival uh yeah because that's also one of their quote-unquote rules that you can campaign but you can't slander the competition which is also a silly rule because i was thinking like anytime you're like they were like they pointed to a fact one of the articles pointed to the fact that the, I think the till, uh, was it the their, uh, their Instagram page? The two Leslie were, Instagram page. The two Leslie Instagram page quoted uh, Richard Roper's review of two Leslie, and the the line that they quoted, um, he mentioned Kate Blanchett, and it was basically like, as much as I admire Blanchett and Tar. Um, you know, Riseboro's performance is like better or whatever, basically, you know? Yes. Um, and then, so that was, uh, that, I mean, that was an old post and that was published because he was, it was part of his, like uh, his favorite films of 2022 or whatever. So that was publicized last week. And then here's, here's the mistake that like the two Leslie team made, they deleted that post. <laughs> they got Because then that, it just feels like you're admitting guilt. And it's like, Correct. like, no, they also did nothing wrong. Like, the, the two Leslie team is not the one that's like saying, oh, Kate Blanchett sucks, which is not even what Richard Roper said. I also They're think the critic. <laughs> I also think it's weird because like I can't Im- like that's a specific rule, right? You can't mention the competition. But I would say if I was if that was if that ended up being flagged and someone uh, was like in front of a, a, a kangaroo court or whatever it's going to be to decide this, I would be like. First of all, like anytime you're sharing anytime, I've not, I've seen people be like the best performance of the year. Certainly you would share, right? A campaign, like the, the focus. Yeah, like the positives. You want to share the positives. And if you're saying best performance of the year, by definition, then you're saying the other performances are not as good, right? Like not to be too much of a hair splitter or pedantic, but I'm like, just because you're not mentioning the competition by name, you're certainly mentioning the competition. So I I just think the whole thing is very silly, I guess is how I. It's just like, well, if you're making a top 10 list of the best performances of the year, you're just saying that people who are who did not make your list are not in your top 10. Right. So if like Andrea Riseborough is in your top 10 and Kate Blanchett isn't. Right. That's just like, but like again, the two Leslie Instagram page was did not write that thumbs. They were quoting someone. Correct. <laughs> but uh, they so- I don't they should not have deleted that. That was that no, was you never that do, or never tweet. I really think maybe the new Academy rules will be never tweet. Uh, Academy members, please consider what you're you tweeting. Should, like people, honestly, everyone can save themselves so much trouble just by not engaging at all. Get off social media. Maybe that's going to be the new tweet uh, for the new rule for. Yeah, next but the, like it's just it. This whole thing has gotten so out of hand, and I, I, I do think it's it's just people being so pressed about like this. They basically hack the system, right? Because right. again, like everyone else has been, you know, playing by the rules and, um, you know, it's still shady. Like you, you can't be so naive enough to think like this ha- ha- does not go on behind the scenes. Like we just don't know about it, right. but like, like everyone talks, everyone tells other people to vote for their friends and stuff. And like, we just like, they're just not public about it. And like this, the, the, you know, Francis Fisher was, and she, again, still didn't say anything bad and people misinterpret her post um 
because they they think again people's reading comprehension is terrible like they think she was saying don't vote for viola davis and danielle davila which is not what she said she just said put andrea number one right and maybe like she had four other spots (laughs) and that's why she got nominated i will i mean like the other thing is i think people are conflating two issues here her campaign working and then obviously people are very upset about viola and danielle not getting in the optics are not great right and the history of the academy with black actresses is not strong to say the least right but the thing is is like like those those two things happened but they're not necessarily related to each other because everyone has is now also saying oh she stole their slots no one is guaranteed a slot until you count the votes right and so if you listen to francis fisher uh the people who definitely then would be who who would quote unquote have stolen those spots are michelle williams and anna de armas because they were not really the rocks so so according to franny yeah like uh, she she didn't mention either of them in her list uh so i definitely think and i think if you think about it like obviously we'll never know the vote totals and however there's like i think there's what is there like 1800 act what's the actors branch it's like 1300 maybe i think yeah and then you need like two i mean it's the largest one yeah, you need but you don't know how that actor's branch is split and where they're located obviously anna de Armas had certainly while in hollywood everyone was excited about two leslie and andrew riseborough uh clearly anna de Armas had more international uh support let's say and colin farrell's colin farrell's support but he i would maybe count him as an international figure right because, because he's, he's like irish irish sure <laughs> uh and you know michelle williams was in there as well and maybe not as maybe people thought maybe supporting or whatever but i was like i definitely think that played a part of it too and yeah like it is two issues well, that that's are also like if you're just placing so much importance on her post which again it's just like why she's just another person writing whatever she wants on the internet like i think her her that post had more um impact on film twitter losing their shit than it did on actual academy members I, I honestly do think it's because so many, because she was so naked, like it's stuff we don't talk about, but we all know based on like, yes, yeah. like how small the, how small the margins are. I think no one really thinks about the fact that like, it's this 200 is how people, people talk behind the scenes. And also <laughs> that it's like 200 people ultimately deciding like what it is, right? Like we spend all this time talking about the Oscars and it feels like it's a monolith of like millions of people are voting or whatever. And it's like, no, literally like 200 people can make or break who gets nominated for an Oscar as we saw here with Andrea Riseborough. Like, I don't think she might have literally just gotten like 150 first place votes basically in you well, could the other imagine. thing is i also you know <laughs> that's it like we all know like you know the quote-unquote locks are kate and michelle yo so like i feel like they just obviously we will never know but like i feel like they just monopolize a majority of the votes and then it was probably you know very close between all the other contenders for their spots I almost so, wonder, like, do you think it would be better or worse if they actually did release the vote totals? Well, here's the other thing. Like, the, like people are so mad. And then, so if they had rescinded the nomination, which, again, they were never going to do because this whole thing is colossally dumb, um, they were they were not going to replace the nomination. It would just stay right. at four, like what happened with uh, Bruce Broughton, that right. the original song nominees re- remained at four then. So it remained at four, but people... Like a lot of people, I think, assume Danielle is it's like, you don't know this. You, that's just what you're hoping it is. Like, what if it wasn't her or Viola? <laughs> what if it was like Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman yeah. you know, or like Margot Robbie? Um, it's I, like, 
yeah. Like I understand like, you know, people being mad and and yes, like best actress is the whitest category, right? Mm-hmm. And like there was a chance that we could have had three women of color nominated this year for the first time ever. And we ended up with one um, who is also the the first Asian actress, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, like in her lifetime who, you know, we know is Asian mm-hmm. and has, um, but like there's other reasons why like, Danielle and Viola miss like it's there's there's just systemic racism and Mm -hmm. unconscious biases and just the industry in general and like it's like Hollywood is you know like they they have an uphill battle just like independent film not comparing like you know the, the same travails but it's like the the system works against them as well and like you know Viola has talked about like how much trouble she had just selling the woman king as a project because it's an all black female cast mm-hmm. um and i think you know the the conversation should have started earlier about like why did the woman king which was a box office success got great reviews um and great audience reviews too why did it miss pga right like Once it should have made PGA. It yeah. should have made SAG Ensemble. Like yeah. why did why did they miss? And like no one was really talking about. It. Like why did like the whale get in over <laughs> the woman king? And it also felt right? like it also felt like no one. I mean, I got the sense throughout the whole season from having talked about it, and even us. I mean, I put myself in here. She Viola specifically felt like such a uh like an like of like someone who was getting nominated but like not enough for people to like keep talking about it just felt like it was the conversation was yeah really like we be about like you know separate from like all the the race issues like just based on how like the the performances and everything like we've talked about like how it, it didn't feel like that was a number one getter right right and she could have been someone who would hit all the precursors and miss in the end and yeah. also there's just like the action genre bias like Charlize Theron didn't get in for Mad Max and we and like even this year again like not race or obviously not a a, a, a race issue but like uh, Mia Goth was very <laughs> outraged that she didn't get in for for Pearl yeah, because they don't do horror either and, and she like was basically like uh, you know it's a disgrace that they don't consider take horror seriously and obviously there is a conversation we had just from a creativity standpoint of like what why they don't why the academy doesn't consider genre, genre movies as important as other movies, right? Like, which is a history as well, though not obviously as fraught as the systemic racism that we've seen in the Academy for for a hundred years. But uh, I wonder, I guess the two things I was thinking of out of this will be, I think you'll be more, there'll be more calls for expanding the nominees to like 10. And which also no. if they did, I, I could really think that'll happen or that, I mean, if you end up doing a, would this have been different or what would have happened if it was gender neutral categories and it was like actor is, oh, like well well you just saw like no <laughs> i mean i just think one of those two things will end up happening i think that'll be there'll be more at least or there'll be more of a call for that to start happening that'll either be gender neutral categories to get like 10 nominees in each of these categories or 10 nominees total. but again that also doesn't get like people think like that would help like in this in this specific case like danielle and viola but like you're just making an assumption and you don't know. Right. I I <laughs> like, definitely don't think you would know, but I do think it would at least in theory, you'd have more people by having more people. It would either give them a chance to be more exclusive and bad, or maybe the idea is maybe they would be. Listen, Danielle didn't even make the gender stuff. neutral category at the spirit awards. Correct. And no, not a lot of, nobody was that. Uh, 
So like, yeah, like you hear, I think, I think more people are upset about Danielle's snub than Viola's snub, but then Certainly. it's just like the double whammy. Um, and like we've talked about, Danielle definitely felt like a number one getter, but Till was very underseen. And yeah, it's this completely separate discussion about like whether or not this type of unconventional campaign that two Leslie did would have worked if Till had done the same thing. Well, um, and like everyone, you know, it's just gonna be like, oh, like black woman would have never had the opportunity to like the, if if like this if had happened, they would rescind um like their nomination like no they would have not rescinded like their nomination that i saw i saw i saw that was at all like anonymous academy or suggested that uh like no like they would have kept their nomination too like it it's just it's two different issues here and the reality is is like yes like viola and danielle hit um most precursor viola hit all of them danielle hit most of them um and they they quote unquote play by the rules they were backed by studios that spent money mm-hmm. campaigning for them. They campaign. They were on a circuit, so it felt like Andrea was uh, not playing by the rules. So then I understand why people were mad. But the reality is, it's like, like Danielle and Viola, you know, woman of color, black woman, like they're they are operating in a system that's built against them mm-hmm. as black women, and that sucks. And that's not. Andrea Rosborough's fault who you know is benefiting from being white as well but again it's a separate issue and like they like the two of them should have never had to worry about us you know so to speak like losing their spots which again are we're not guaranteed right (laughs) I mean certainly we I think we I I feel like I had both of them in I don't I think and I had uh it definitely was this like we said I mean it's a surprise that Andrea Rosborough got in and, yeah, I, I and like maybe it's just like you know like we've talked about viola not being a number one getter that that type of performance um so maybe just like some you know actors in the acting branch were, were also not as passionate about danielle's performance as they were about andrea's or anna's um or as you know film twitter is about danielle's well i also um, wonder and again bless the Academy for doing a great job, like expanding their membership and all these different things. But, you know, the, I always, always, it's interesting. Like did Danielle dead while, like does Till carry over, does the story like travel overseas, right? Like, I mean, Anna DeArmas as Marilyn Monroe, a global icon. I could see that being, I understand why that had a lot of international support. And I'm like, does Till end up being like, do our, does that, do, do people understand that story? I hope they would. Right. But like, I mean, does that actually, is it a movie that goes globally that the story is understandable globally to actors? Maybe I'm just making them be too stupid. I don't know, but I mean, it is, it's a very American story, obviously, but I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, like they, she, she missed the globe nomination, but then Ariane was was chalking it up like to like the HFPA being racist and everything. But you know, I, I, I don't know, like, maybe they were just, they watched, like, I, I think they would have watched the movie. Like, there's only, like, 200 of them. In the I got it. I got this in Deborah Money, probably, I hope they watched the movie, right? Yeah. And I, I also think having, so we could, I guess we could transition here to the actual movies, and, like, I watched the two Leslie, and I was like, oh, I didn't particularly think it was a great movie, not to. to the movie be- is And. Fine. 
And I didn't even think uh, Andrea was particularly revelatory, but I was like, is that because I'm coming into it with the bias now of being like, well, she better be great because she beat out Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis, or is it because it's not, it's a totally passable, solid performance. I, I just was like, it didn't blow me away based, based on the tweets. I was maybe expecting more like the Kate Winslet being like, it's the greatest acting I've ever seen. I'm like, Kate Winslet has been better in like a hundred things. You know, it's like, she was made, like, she's a great actor. So she's just stumping for her friend. <laughs> I know, I know she is. But I was like, so, so I was like, oh, uh, it's perfectly fine. And I still think I would have put Viola Davis ahead of her. And I could see, I think it's in the same class as Danielle Deadweiler. And I guess if you're picking like a fave, if you're an actor who's friends with Andrea Riseborough, maybe you'd go with your friend. I mean, that seemingly would be what happened. Yeah, I would vote for Viola over it from that group of three. Definitely. Um, She's amazing. In, in if you movie. made me pick one of the three, I would do Viola all yeah. the way. Um. Yeah, I thought like 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 I said last week, the the film it, it just feels like a throwback indie film. Yeah, from like I don't know, like twenty five years ago or something. Yeah. Um, and she's good. It's a very like I after watching it, I understand why actors like the performance. Like, it's very actor friendly. She's uh, basically an alcoholic who squandered her uh, lottery winnings, and then she's trying to reconcile with her son. So there's a, a lot of uh, screaming and yelling. Yes, um, a lot of big yell. A lot. Of, it's like quiet yelling. It remind. I, I think I think it reminded me of Renee Zellweger in Cold Mountain. Yeah, that was what I equated. A lot of accents too. <laughs> a lot of accents. A lot of like they made the rain. My Whatever favorite line was um, when she was uh, arguing with her son, and then she's just like, "I am sad," and then she made sad like four syllables long. It was amazing. They should, that should be her Oscar clip. <laughs> it reminded, I guess if it was like the 80s, it would have been like a Deborah Winger movie, I felt like. Yeah. Maybe, or um, Renee Zellweger in the 90s or like 2000s. Yeah, like it's definitely like an old school vibe, but I it, it's, it's a very baity performance. And I do feel like maybe if they had actually, um, you know, try to campaign uh, to other bodies, like she could have probably got into SAG too. Like it's, it's like, it is in the same, like you said, it's in the same wheelhouse as Danielle's performance. I, I definitely was like, if it was act, if it was a studio with a lot more uh, financial wherewithal, let's say than momentum, no, not to besmirch momentum or whatever, but, no, but that, like, that, that's the whole reason they did this. They if it was list. like Sony picture classics, or if it was searchlight, or if it was uh, MGM, even, even though MGM has a, not a great track record of getting their actors nominated as we've seen this year. And last year uh i feel like it would have been in the conversation the whole year if you look at the reviews out of south by southwest they're like outrageously yeah. good everyone all like like real critics were like very excited about her performance and it's like man this is the, it's so funny like now looking at some of them because it's like this is the type of performance people should really back and like like and now it's like god damn this performance got nominated for an oscar how dare how dare they do this but i mean i definitely think it all makes sense on paper the movie's totally fine. Do you think we've seen obviously already people wondering if this would get her to win, Joyce, over Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh? Did you did you move her up to first? No, I did not. You're we thinking about, about it now. Look, look, I I see the gleam in your eyes. You're thinking. I did. About I did it. not move her up. We did talk about this in the column. My whole sense of it the whole time was, I think it was like 
they don't now all these people were like really excited about her and then once she got the nomination they're like now what kind of and then now that there was so much uh backlash to the nomination i obviously like a lot of actors were offended by that like mark maron i'm not surprised he's in the movie he's amazing in the movie actually mark maron he's like the best part to me he was really good uh but he was like screw the academy christina ricci another person who was like this is ridiculous how are they doing this so i feel like there will be some support from actors for her after getting put through this even though like she was never mentioned by name obviously and all this stuff but we all know that's why this happened but I don't think it's going to make people want to let her put her at the top. I still don't. I just think that that wouldn't be how it works. But I have her in third. I so before this whole fiasco happened with the investigation, um, I always felt like when when the campaign was happening, I just felt like they just wanted to get her to nomination. Like they were not necessarily focusing on the win. If it, it kind of felt like Jamie Lee Curtis's campaign, like she just wants the nomination right um because it's she's never been nominated before and she's been working for a really long time um so and i think if this whole uh controversy didn't had not erupted after nominations like we would not be talking about this it'll just be like oh cool like you know that worked and she made it in right um and then we carry on and debating whether or not kate or michelle leo will win um, but because of this, I think like, obviously because of this, it, that's why some people think she can win and like, it'll spur more sympathy from among actors. So like, other thing is, I think, I think, I do think a lot, if not all of her support from the actors are genuine, whether or not they're just friends or they did check out the movie and like her performance because it, it appeals to actors. But I think the other factor is I, I think they do want to like stick it to demand right because a lot of them work in independent film or came up through independent film and they they know what the game is and and they know like independent film is disadvantaged because they don't have money to put forth a campaign like all these you know huge corporations and studios are able to so i feel like that's another reason why a lot of the actors were willing to back her in addition to liking her performance too, mm-hmm. and like maybe also being friends with her and having worked with her. Um, and, but, but then, you know, now in the winter phase, you have the entire Academy voting, like almost 10,000 people. And I don't really know how many of these members from these other branches are gonna, you know, not, not just check it out. I hope they, you know, do their due diligence and watch it, but like, are they all gonna love it as well? And, you know, it's like, maybe she could win if it was just actors voting for the winner. I, I think if it was just actors voting, she would have a like a, a serious shot, but I still don't think she would. But I think with the rest of the Academy voting, I just feel like the the it's like unfortunate because the movie is so small and like, it's a slight thing and it's not like a, it's just a, it's just a regular indie movie. Like we said, like you said, yeah. it's like from like, you know, and it's like the, it's stuff you've seen before done in like a good way. So that the, I'm like happy to see stuff I've seen before. Right. Like I love Top Gun Mavericks, favorite movie last year. love it. Avatar rules. All this stuff is a retread of everything we've seen before. Um, but yeah, I just think under the weight of these expectations, if you're popping it in and you're just like, I don't believe this is going to be so great. And especially if you were enjoying a, a fan of the woman King or, 
or Till, you definitely, as a, just not even an actor and a member of the actor's branch, just in general, you're going to watch this and be like, get the hell out of here with this movie, right? I just think it's not going to, I don't think she could, I'll say this now, I don't think she will win, but I guess if she won, I would not be surprised. I mean, who knows at this point, but I think- I mean, I would just love her to win for the chaos because like that- like I, I love a good twist and like this whole campaign was a great twist and I um, it was even though this this whole uh, investigation thing was completely unwarranted I mean and- the, the, like you said I think we're talking about two different things there's a, like a serious conversation we had about like the academy's racial failures and like racist <laughs> uh background and all, all these yeah, things. Like two things can be true <laughs> and then there's a less serious kind of uh, annoying conversation about campaigning where a lot of people are pretending to be outraged when they're really not uh, that was my view of it. Like, there's no, a serious like, conversation and, and a less serious one. So. Yeah, and then I also, I also hate this con- the the other um conversation that's being had now about winners and how this whole thing could perhaps benefit Michelle Yeoh. Because... Uh, yeah, you were mentioning this. I I did not. I I can't say I saw this one. So maybe I've got my Twitter uh, curated to a way where I'm just not it's getting because Viola and Danielle were snubbed. So. Yes. A lot of people think like now maybe uh, Michelle would absorb their support or people will be outraged that like two black women were snobs so they'll vote for an Asian woman right. to win. So I'll just speak for myself. Please. I do not want anyone voting for me because I am not white. I don't need your pity vote. I don't need your charity. I don't need you to feel good about yourself, patting yourself on the back because you voted for someone who's not white. And this is also insulting to everyone involved mm-hmm. because you're basically saying they're not worthy on merit. Right. And, and it's like also the other thing with Michelle and everything everywhere is like the the movie is clearly beloved and the whole like now almost year long conversation about the movie and her performance and the support for her um has never been centered on her being asian no and like having like yes she would make history as the first asian best actress winner but that it's never like it's part of her narrative but it's never been like the sole focus of her narrative so it's just gross and reductive to be like she can win now because two black women were snubbed yes and it's been more the narrative what was way more it's she's an actress who has deserved this recognition yeah like not she's because she's underappreciated yeah. right not because she's asian she deserves recognition it is uh definitely insulting uh and yeah i don't know i don't i don't believe that i don't believe people vote that way frankly but maybe they do and i i hope they anything. don't but you never know but i'm more upset about or not really upset i'm just like it's just like why are you even suggesting this? Like right. this, this doesn't, if you're a Danielle and Viola supporter, this just makes you sound like an idiot if right. you're suggesting this. Uh, like, so this Joyce, doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so so I watched, uh, I watched Two Leslie, like I said, and I, I rewatched Tar on Peacock. As did I. And uh, I haven't seen everything ever recently, though I've seen it a second time. And I still am like, it's really close. But I mean, Kate is, Kate Blanchett is so good in, in Tar, Joyce. I would have a hard time putting her in second place if I was a voter. I don't know. Also, she talks about this specifically in, there's the showcase, one of the showcase scenes, Joyce, is when she's talking to the, the student at Juilliard. 
and she discusses kind of what you just said. Would you prefer to have uh, somebody like look at you, uh, break down what you're doing because of your identity or because of your performance, basically? Um, yeah, like after I watched it again, also to pause and read her Wikipedia page, obviously. So Wikipedia is great. You sent me the screenshots of it. It was yeah, great. I, I had to pause and I to take screenshots and read the whole thing. Also, it's it's the old layout, which I miss because, you know, Wikipedia has a new layout. I noticed that it was, I didn't even realize that. I'm, I use Wikipedia a I lot. I do not obviously. like it. I do not like it. So. Not a great, not a great user experience. No. Who can we talk um, about that? Yeah. And then, but I was like, damn, she's just so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like really, really good. I, I'm still like, I'm plus, but not as effusive as everyone on the movie. I think it's like a little boring. I just found it a little, it, it, I find the first hour incredible. Uh, cause I think the opening, you have the great scene of the, the New Yorker conversation is great. And then the scene in Juilliard is great. And then her, her lunch with like Mark Strong, all that stuff is really good. And then it kind of like, when she goes back to Berlin, I found it like dragged a little bit. And then obviously it picks up great at the end. So I'm just like, it's just a little slow in the middle, but I do think it's a very good movie. And I'm like, not surprised it did so well. And I think it plays fine at home. So I was like, that was another thing I wanted to see. I have a heart. I wonder like, most people have already seen all these movies, right? So it's like not like they're going to go back and rewatch. How do you think these voters? You mean vote? you mean voters or regular people? No voters. Like, do you think somebody who like you would hope that a majority of these people who voted for the Oscars have already seen these movies? So when they're going down to it at the end, they've already probably made their choice between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh, right? Like they're not going to go back. Yeah, and... I think like the the top contenders they've seen, they've probably have not seen too Leslie. So they're definitely watching. I would imagine they're definitely going back to watch Two Leslie. I think that'll be a popular item on the Academy screening uh, site. Yeah, like I think they've seen the the top contenders already. Like you know, Everything Ever has been out for almost a year. So, right. um, and a lot of famous people love it. Um, yeah, no, like Tar is still a little bit too long for me, and it's not a quick long like The Fablemans, but I I still love it. It's still like in my top four of the year um and it's still it's so funny like oh god it's, like, it's very funny and it's like one of the funniest movies of the year really True. good and she's just so good it just is like such a great performance and it's like it's very very watch i just find it very watchable we i kind of like i think we said this either in the column or whatever but like i think she could win sag because i think there's a sense that it's like medicine because it's like the artiste movie but it's really actually very watchable and i think if people put it on even if they're a little bored like i said in the middle it's like you're never not like engaged by her and it's just like very watchable movie it's and no more no more i think like there will be blood is like a much better movie that i certainly prefer for a variety of reasons but i'm like it's no different from an entertainment value standpoint i feel like than there will be blood and if people watch that and we're like yeah, this rules, then I think they'll be able to watch Tar and feel the same way. So I don't think she's, I don't think she's like a slam dunk to, I don't think Michelle Yeoh is a slam dunk to win SAG is basically what I'm saying. I guess we'll see. I would still favor Michelle at SAG. Um, but no, I like, you know, we've talked about this when Tar was premiering in the fall, a lot of people thought it, it, it would be too esoteric and like cold, like Power of the Dog, but it's not, like it's way more accessible than *Power of the Dog*. It's it's very straightforward, <laughs> and like yeah, I, I, saw I, I understand. Like you know, some some people are left confused by *Power of the Dog*. I don't. You don't. You're not really confused at all throughout *Tar*. Like you know no. what's happening. I, I saw people like even last night after I was rewatching, I was going back and like looking at things and like 
people being like, it is, that's, it gets a little confusing at the end or whatever. I'm like, it really doesn't at all. Like it's so, it's like very clear what's it's happening. It's not holding you, which it shouldn't, right, but right. it's not like, but then you figure things out. I guess it's when, confusing because there are those like shots of like, when it's like, oh, is she like, when she has the dreams, like of the bed on fire, whatever. I'm like, just like, those are clearly like dreams though. I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was very confusing. Yeah. But, like it's, it's just like a manifestation of her downfall basically. So right. Uh, it's not confusing. No. So that's the best actress choice. So we, we did it. We did, we did Andrew Rise where we did. Uh, that's Kate the only category that matters. What else do you want to, you, you, it's, you said you made some predictions. I feel like we could, we want to go through those or what do we want to do? Um, we don't need to go through all of them, but I feel like we probably have similar predictions. Like I'm assuming you have everything everywhere in first. I have everything ever in first and I have Top Gun Maverick in second. And I'm still not unconvinced that Top Gun Maverick could win, uh, but we'll see. And then I have the Daniels in first for director and Todd Field in second. Cause I think he's a strong contender though. I see a lot of Spielberg in third. I still see a lot of experts going for Spielberg, it seems. He's not totally out. I guess we'll see what the DGA does. Yeah. Um, he's, I don't know if he can win the Oscar without DGA. And even if he does win DGA, that doesn't guarantee him the Oscar <laughs> either. <laughs> so, and like, obviously he can't win BAFTA like some of these other people can. Right. Um, but yeah, I have I have the Daniels in first there. I guess it's also like how many do you have everything everywhere winning? Because it has a lot of paths to best picture. So I have best picture, best director, I have best supporting actor, obviously, and then I have best original screenplay. I do think they're gonna win over Martin McDonough. And then I also have best film editing. I I have Top Gun for editing and Banshees for screenplay but i i can see them just sweeping screenplay as well so i have a winning five just like critics choice yeah and then i had questions for you on like some of these where i'm just like i would look like so adapted screenplay i still have women talking in first but what if top gun wins that was what i was thinking i have top gun in second and i when i was doing these last week i was like should i put top gun in first I have it in second too, and I really think it could win. I don't know. I know that's nuts, but I really think it no, could win. I don't win. think it's nuts. I think it's more that, okay, so I think there's different factions here. I think there's um, people, uh, a smaller group, like people like us who support the nomination for Top Gun Maverick in Adapted Screenplay. And then there, there are a lot of people who think it's a waste of a spot and like why the fuck is it nominated here <laughs> like it should not be here um but this category you know obviously is a was very weak and top gun is a beloved film and like we've said it is a a great testament to story construction i i agree i also i gotta be honest i don't the way my my predictions are out because like i was saying i have everything ever winning editing i have top gun winning not one oscar you don't even have it for sound? No, I have Elvis have for sound? sound. I have like I think Top Top Gun is gonna gonna take sound and editing together. So um, I have Elvis for sound, and you I have Elvis it. winning like five awards too. <laughs> so I have Elvis winning. Here's what I have Elvis winning. I have it for sound. I have it for production design. Though I'm ready to move Babylon back up to the top. I have Babylon in second. Uh, I have it in hair and makeup. I have it in costume design. 
I have it in cinematography, and I have it in best actor. So I think I have Elvis winning five as well. One, so you have two, Elvis three, and four. Everything Everywhere winning 10 Oscars together. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which I don't think well, is that, that far-fetched. Back to adapted screenplay. Yes. I do currently have women talking in first and I mostly did it because it made it into best picture but I don't know if like that's just kind of a mirage because it still only has two nominations and I I do feel like now with the hard 10 we're just gonna have more and more um, best picture nominees with one nomination and maybe eventually just the best picture nomination like Grand Hotel yeah so but like it so um i i did some research and the last uh film to win adapted screenplay with just one other nomination was sling blade by our guy billy bob thornton love billy bob it only had one other nomination for best actor for him i mean we we did this in oscars playback we did just yeah everyone loved him standing o just rapturous applause and you know who campaigned for him elizabeth taylor wow no one cared. Remember? <laughs> um, no, no one tried to cancel her for the, that. So, but that's kind of um, why. Actually, that's kind of why I have. Uh, that was kind of why I have her winning. Uh, Sarah Polly winning because I feel like she is a beloved. I, I get the sense she's beloved. Maybe I'm overestimating my my beloved for her. I don't think Woman Talking is as beloved as Slaying Blade. Was. No, I don't think the movie is, but I think she is a personality is. Like people like her. I, I don't know. I don't know if I go like I, I, I love her too, but I don't I wouldn't put her in that same realm yet of the the Billy Bob love. Um okay. but I think like she could be just a default winner here. And I I don't know, but like like Top Gun and All Quiet are clearly the stronger best picture yes. nominees. But neither of them feel like screenplay winners because, you know, one is just a war film and the other is an action blockbuster sequel. So, I don't know. (laughs) And then Living also just has one other nomination in actor. And then Glass Onion is a lone nominee. Living, I would actually think could win too, but I just don't know if it's strong. It's definitely not strong enough. And I don't know. It's a, this is like a tight category. So, so like I said, I have I have Elvis now winning five Oscars, which is nuts, right? I mean, that's like certifiable probably. Um, but I don't know. I I could do you have do you have winning what do you have like what do you have for hair and makeup? Seems like everyone's got either this is a, a competitive category, but what do you have? I have Elvis. Same. That. Okay. So I have Elvis in right now that costume and actor. So I have it in for three so far. I did think about doing um, it for production design because I could just see Catherine Martin just doing that double again. But I currently have Babylon there and I also have Babylon for score. And I'm like, is Babylon going to win two Oscars? Like maybe, yes. I don't know. Like those are two of its best aspects. (laughs) I think it actually will win these two. I moved moved it back into, I've moved Babylon up ahead of Elvis here as we're talking to make it an even five because I had it for six. Uh, But yeah, I think think Babylon won production design. Also, I think it helps that 
Babylon is on VOD this week, Joyce. And my, my feed is a lot of did tweets. You rewatch it yesterday. No, but well. you know what? I did order the 4K Blu ray, which comes out after the Oscars. And I can't wait to lav it, like luxuriate in the epic Damien Chazelle classic that was totally done dirty by everyone uh, upon release. Um, but I think it could win production design. And I think it could win score for sure. But then, so you don't have, so I have Elvis. Where do I have Elvis? Then that was nuts. Oh, sound. I, I just thought a lot of sound, but maybe I'll put Top Gun in there to give it. A... I have sound, but the Top Gun sound. So if they still have the two categories, Elvis would win sound mixing and Top Gun would win sound editing. So what do you think then, which is weighted more than for this? Because I agree with you. I think they would win for sound mixing and sound editing. But do you think in this I now... just think Top Gun has the edge just as like the action movie. Okay. You know? So, right. Top Gun and then there's, and... there's also like sound and editing also usually linked. So, right. Yeah, but I still think everything ever is going to win editing because they like it the most and it's got the most editing. It does, but it also <laughs> missed sound. So, true. So, maybe I'll knock out an everything everywhere win there to have it win four instead of five. You're just going to have it win all above the line Oscars, which is entirely possible. Definitely likely based on what we've seen in the past, right? It would be like one more than Coda uh, did last year. Um, not, I got nothing else here, Joyce. What else we got coming up? In art predictions? I don't know. I mean, I think everything else is pretty, like I'm assuming you have Key and Angela. <laughs> I do. Uh, I don't see any way Key is going to lose at all. Um, I'm still, I could see Angela losing, but again, I don't really believe it. Um, so. No, I think she's just, uh, the Globes did her a big favor. And then, and then she also delivered an amazing speech that reminded people that she's won a Globe before and that she did not win the Oscar then. And if they did not know she did not win the Oscar then, they may have just Googled, like, does Angela Bassett have an Oscar? And they see that she doesn't and has only been nominated once at that point. So, and then let's see. I mean, actor, you also, you have Austin for now, right? So that's the other one that's very close. And I have Austin for now. Yes. Cause I'm a big Elvis I think supporter. It's, it's the overall odds. I think Brendan is still in first and the odds. I think right? so. Let me look. Well, in the experts odds. So just for experts, we'll just go through experts. Cause that's what I have open. Uh, everything everywhere, 18 experts out of 20 one predicting have everything everywhere uh 14 experts out of 21 predicting have the daniels and then uh, 11 and 10 for kate and michelle yo split tight one really tight no other person with a vote and then for actor 12 experts with brendan frazier six with austin butler including the two of us and then three for colin farrell wow poor colin angela bassett I, I, 18 experts predicting her okay Kihu Kwan, a complete sweep. All 21 experts predicting him. Congratulations to him. <laughs> An adapted screenplay, 16 for, for Women Talking. Original, 10 for Banshees and 9 for Everything Everywhere with a lone vote for Tar. Seems like a hope diction there more than anything else. Uh, cinematography, All Quiet has 17 votes, but I have Elvis winning this. I'm one of the three. The I, I have All Quiet. I think Elvis is going to pull it off. You're, you're just in the tank for Elvis. I now. am because I think they like it more than even All Quiet. I don't know. Mandy Walker is going to make history. I, I think they, I think there's a reasonable chance that she could. Uh, 
Hospital Design, I have Black Panther. 13 Experts have Black Panther. I have Elvis there. Oh, maybe I have Elvis there. But 13 Experts have Black Panther. Film editing, 13 to 7. Makeup and hair, 10 for The Whale, 7 for Elvis. Wait, editing, 13 for what? Top Gun and 7 for Everything Everywhere. And in production design for the experts, an even split, it looks like, between Babylon and Elvis. And then Avatar. So Babylon and Elvis have eight each. Avatar with three. Best score, Babylon kind of running away. Best song, RRR running away with Natu Natu. I don't feel confident about that, and I have it in first. Not at all confident about that. I definitely think it could be something else, including This Is A Life, which I actually have in second for Everything Everywhere. Uh, just going on the idea that they like the movie the most. I I mean, it, like, it, it's certainly possible, like, Judas style, right? So, I don't know. I think a lot of people are also hoping um, Rihanna will get the Super Bowl halftime show bump. Yes. But I'm like, is she actually going to perform Lift Me Up during the halftime if show? If she does, it would be an incredible flex, but I don't know if she will. Maybe she'll do an intro like Lift Me Up. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Then we got the shorts and stuff, which we'll do, I think, later. Uh, but, you know, yeah. it seems well, like everybody... Sound and visual effects. Sound, sorry, pretty. sound is Top Gun with 16. Yeah, visual effects is Avatar. And Avatar, all 20 experts predicting in that category have Avatar. An animated feature, 19 of 20 have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Documentary nine have all the beauty and the bloodshed, five fire of love, and four Navani. I have Navani in that one. I I thought about that putting in first, and I end up somehow putting it in fourth. I don't know. <laughs> I have in first. I I think I do think that the no, the I definitely think it can win. Like it's it's very uh, basic appealing. Yes, and you could just imagine a lot of these. I'm like always trying to imagine the moment on stage i know they don't vote like this but i also think they don't not vote like this and i'm like that'd be a great moment probably right like a the oscar saying you know rush is bad <laughs> international film all quiet in the western front a clean sweep with 20 uh experts uh the boy um, the bone the yeah. box and the horse 17 my year of dicks two and ostrich told me the world is fake and i think i believe it won I can see my year of dicks pulling this off, honestly, but we'll see. I have, I have yeah, I, I didn't put it in first yet, but I can see it happening. The other issue here is that there are multiple nominees with great titles. Yes. And then so. documentary short, Elephant Whisperers has 15. I have How Do You Measure a Year, with which only I'm the only one apparently predicting that. Uh, but I, I think the, the person who directed is the previous winner, right? Didn't he win last year? Or was he nominated last year? I forgot, but um, it sounded like the most emotional one. I, well, I, so I, I have, I could see Hall out winning. I have that in second, so I haven't um, put it in first yet. So I don't know. I haven't watched all these shorts yet. So <laughs> me neither, as you might imagine. <laughs> uh and then what was the last one? Oh, and then live action short, Les Pupel with 11. That's the Alfonso Cuaron short. And Irish Goodbye with five, Red Suitcase with two, Night Ride with one, and Navalu with one. That's the only one I think with every expert predicting a different different winner. Only category we have so far. So really kind of tightening up. Oh, I, I'm a liar. Score also is pretty competitive. Babylon with 13, but then Fableman's Banshees, All Quiet, and, and Everything Ever all have a vote. Yeah, that that's pretty open because... 
Uh, I can see any of those winning. Same. But I'm going down with Babylon. Going down my fave. Uh, that's it's definitely the most music. Definitely the most. Definitely uh, the best music. How's that? Is it though? <laughs> Is it though? Yes. I mean, I, I this would not be my list of nominees, but uh of of this i would vote for banshees joyce while we're here we, vote for Babylon. we we dragged this out so much i have the the list of eddie award nominees would you like to do i know that the, our, our we had a wga and ace after oscar nominations here are the eddie awards for best edited feature film and drama joyce it was all quiet elvis tar top gun and the woman king good list and then for for comedy Banshees, comedy, I'm going to put in quotes then. Banshees, Everything Everywhere, Glass Onion, The Menu, and Triangle of Sadness. Um, yeah. So, uh, no Fablemans. No. But Fablemans didn't make the Oscars anyway, so. No, and we didn't. I didn't expect it to either, so yeah. there you go. But Tar... Even though editing was a component of that movie. That would have been... Uh, that would have been, I guess we would have, if, if we had this before the Oscar nomination, we were like, wow, Tar, let's put it in. You definitely would have, um, you probably would have put in like Woman King too. Like what What else? Like, No, because I had everything, every, I would have had everything everywhere. Elvis. Tar, Top Gun. And then probably Banshees. Banshees. I still would have had Banshees, I think, yeah. I would have put in yeah. tar though. I know, like those were like that and cinematography were the two. I was like, I want to put in tar, and then I just I didn't know what to drop. <laughs> it uh, turned out I should have dropped Top Gun from cinematography. So, and then yeah, nothing else here. I mean, they do TV and stuff. This is great. I'm sure it's in the prediction center. By the time you're watching this, you can vote for it. I'd imagine. So, Joyce, <laughs> we can wrap up here. And I guess we're talking in next week. What do we got next week? We'll just find something else to talk about. Maybe one of these categories. We don't have to talk wait, about. Wait, you forgot. You forgot our questions. Oh wow, I forgot our questions because we haven't done them in a month, literally. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, we literally said we're gonna resume questions today, and then you are gonna end it with them. Damn it! Wow. All right, we're doing questions. If you have a question, email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. We have a lot. I'll do a lightning round, Joyce. First up from Brad. Who's the next? Who's next for a surprise Oscar nomination? Donald Glover or Zazie Beetz? Oh, from the Atlanta crew. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously it has to be in supporting, right? Yes. <laughs> I would say Donald. I think Donald probably too, but he doesn't make a lot of movies, Joyce. So I could see. Uh, no. So, we'll but see. you know, he just needs like a like a good like eight minute scene, like Judd Hirsch. Yeah, he does. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll read you this one. This one's just a, this was just to gas me up. This is from Frank. He sent it out last week and I actually replied to him. So Frank, if you made it this far and you're watching, he said, Chris, I'm still beyond loving the podcast and I'm sure you're ridiculously busy this week, but I wanted to reach out because after hearing the supporting actor nominees, I immediately said to myself, Chris was right about Brian Tyree Henry. No one else actually had him in. And Chris is going to be so mad, frustrated because he was saying Judd Hirsch the whole season, but then switched to Paul Dano and you were right. In hindsight, Judy Dench's nomination last year does show that they're paying attention to the veterans, but I didn't think Hirsch would get in for just one scene. Were you really, did no one else have Brian? I can't imagine that's true, but. Yeah, because I, I, he was definitely in play for sure. Um, right. 
and I mean, I definitely saw like uh, a lot of the film Twitter, not a lot, but like some film Twitter people predicting him. Um, yeah, you, you did. You were on the the Judd boat. I could have went five for five if I would have just done. Uh, I know you you were you were swayed by Paul's SAG nomination. I was, but yeah, yeah, he got he got denched. But again, we've seen this time and time again, not just with Judy and Katrina last year, but they did with Michael Shannon and ATJ 1.0. Yep, those nocturnal animals. So I also think I allowed myself to get I overestimated that they didn't like Fablemans, right? Because it still ended up with like seven nominations and like clearly they did like it. If they didn't like it as much as like the front runner status would have had you believe, it still was like a popular movie. So I was like, there's no way they're gonna nominate Judd for a, a cameo performance in a movie that they're not wild about. But as it turns out, they were fine with the movie. They just didn't love it. Like Oh yeah, know. no, I don't I never thought they uh hated the movie i just thought they were not passionate about the movie and i think how this shook out reflects that because um he like you know judd is great in that scene but i think most people would say uh paul overall gave the better performance and it's a much uh more realized character just you know basically had more time to play the character in the film um but i think it, it just felt like kind of like an, an easy name check for Judd Hirsch. Right. And it's definitely the more memorable scene because Paul's character is a lot more quiet. Yeah. This is a great one, Joyce. Maybe you'll be able to answer this one or we can talk about it. This is from Darren. I love uh, love the show and the rapport you two share. It's a highlight of my week. Even better when you do multiple episodes during a week. Not for us, but we enjoy doing it. It's fun. Uh, here's his question. If Angela Bassett wins an Oscar for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is streaming now on Disney+, Plus, by the way, Joyce, you can watch it. Anybody can watch it. Uh, I assume more people will have seen her performance than most Oscar-winning roles just based on audience data adjusted for inflation. I'm guessing that, for example, the most seen Oscar-winning performances are perhaps Vivian Lee and Hattie McDaniel in Gone with the Wind. But what performances in the mo- in modern Oscars era have been seen by the most people? Oh, my God. Like, that's, like, pretty good, right? I mean... I mean, like, are we just... Okay, well, should we just pull up Best Actor? I mean, I don't... Hmm. I mean, it would be, like, based on box office and, like... But what are we... Are we just defining, like, 21st century? In, I guess modern, modern era, we can say whatever we want. Or, like, the like, last decade. Yeah. Um, like best Actor... I don't think most people watched King Richard last year. I mean, the jo- I would say Joker would probably be up there. Joker was Bo Rap. Joker and Bo Rap did real. I mean, Joker made like a billion dollars. So it feels like based on box office, that would be a, a significant amount of people saw him play the Joker. Yeah. And then people just kept watching Bo Rap over and over again. And Bo Rap also did incredibly well at the box office. I think it made almost a billion dollars as well. So those are two movies that were widely yeah, seen. I don't think anyone else here, like Darkest Hour, no man. Not a lot of people watching uh, Manchester Revenant. by the Sea. I, I love Manchester by Sea. That's my favorite film of 2016. But, good movie. Uh, no, Revenant, Theory of Dallas Buyers, Lincoln, The Artist. Oh my gosh. And then for actress, I'm just looking there quick. Uh, Tammy Faye. <laughs> not a lot of people watch Tammy Faye or Nomadland or Judy no, or The Favorite no. or Three, Three Billboards. La La Land I... was a huge hit. So I would say that's probably the most watched best actress performance in the last 10 years. But, but even so, like not a lot. And Black um, Swan was a pretty big hit, but not a lot. Yeah. Silver Linings was a solid hit, but not a lot. Yeah, a lot of these are pretty mid. I mean, like Blindside, like for sure. Maybe that's the most. And then Best Supporting Actress. Let's see. 
this is look at this one this is like who's watching me well, well the help was a a hit yeah this is a tough uh, a lot of a lot of not a lot of big blockbusters here let's say the danish girl and then for best supporting actor in the last decade or so a lot of people watching coda joyce uh no um Hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a big hit. Green Book was not a big hit. Like, like, they were they were like moderate hits. I mean, I definitely know regular people who watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know a regular person who's seen Coda. Um, I mean, Once or- Upon a Time in Hollywood and Django Unchained were also like pretty big, like almost four hundred yeah. for Django Unchained. And I mean, I guess we'll have to go back to The Dark Knight um, for that. Yeah, one. that would be like the first. That would be it. Yeah. So it turns yeah. out being a superhero is going to be a great way to just, get people just to watch be, a movie. Just being comic book IP. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Let's see if other ones I got here. Uh, no, that one. No. Let's see. Wow. He just rejected all of your questions. <laughs> some of these are just left though. You know what? Because we haven't done a great job of promoting it. Uh, some of these are definitely we slacked on it this month because there were just a lot of uh live events (laughs) i'll give you one i'll leave you one more that we'll end it on and then we can if you want to email us i promise you i'll read these next time joyce will keep me to it but it's slugfest at goldderby.com this one is from derek he loves visiting gold derby joyce especially around award season i want to say joyce and chris do such a great job speaking on award season especially the oscar playback videos all of which i watched please bring them back for season two i love learning about the history of the winners and the scandals behind it all. The scandal, you mean like campaigning tactics? I guess so. Maybe we'll do it again and we'll do an Oscar. So we could do, I'm already like very excited for us to do our incredibly early 2024 Oscar picks after the Oscars. And then maybe we do an Oscars playback on this year's Oscars. No, too soon. Way too soon. Okay. But we can bring it, I want to bring it back, Joyce, even though we're out of our books. We could bring well, you, it back. It's for, not like you even read them. I don't read, but I out. like I look at the book. You know, I don't you read, read the like, words. Like two sections of each chapter. I read when um, you text me about them. <laughs> because I know you're not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I text I take screenshots of the book and I send it to you inside Oscar. It's so um, bad. That you know I'll read a screenshot, but not actually paper. Yeah. Um, but we could bring it back, I think, for the two. It's, it's like, well, so like as I've said in those videos, if you've watched them. I don't want to go into the 2010s because I feel no. like that's too recent. And we did a special uh, episode on the, the 2006 year Departed just because we love the Departed. But even watching that one, I didn't have as much fun because it felt like it was too recent. No, but and, we did. We also did the 2001 ceremony, right? So yeah, we, we've, we've already done some 2000s. So I guess we could finish the, the I, th- I think we could finish them because there's some good ones coming up, certainly. There, there are some good ones. There, one, one of them has my favorite Oscar win of all time. Oh, don't so. even tell me what it is. What is okay, it? So, uh, you want me to, to give it away now? Before no, don't do give it away it. now. Don't give it away now because we have to do it. <laughs> I could tell you offline. <laughs> tell me offline. Yeah, but then we'll, we'll, we'll leave it for the, the viewers. Um, yeah, so I guess we, I mean, we did talk about like maybe we could go into the 80s because we also did one 80s ceremony because it was Billy Crystal's first one. I think we could do both, but let me, we start with the 2000s, I guess, and then we'll yeah, see. We don't need to do all of these all at once because then we'll just, we'll, we'll run out of ceremony. Yeah, we're going to run out. We got to save it for season three, the 80s. We're going back to the 80s. Uh, all right. So slugfest at goldderby.com. Email us your uh, complaints and comments. And uh, Joyce, we'll do this again next week and I'll, I'll have more emails, I promise. We'll, we'll review all the questions next week. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
<laughs> For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to GoldDerby.com and follow us on social media at GoldDerby. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.